TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 376, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Greg, a TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Hi, this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusun, and I'm a costume di- designer and a wardrobe stylist. Yay, thank you guys for coming back. All right, uh, this week in the news, we have that NCIS has been renewed for season 16. What? (laughs) With Mark Harmon, and they're upping the amount he's making, which is probably astronomical at this point. He Uh, got a half a million dollars an episode for 9 and 10. I shudder to think what he's getting for 16. I'm going to guess somewhere around a million. Wow. That's my guess. What Uh, what, What can you possibly do with all that money? I don't know, but that's why he won't leave. I keep waiting for him to leave because the show has gotten progressively worse. And I keep waiting for him to be like, you know what, I'm done. But, I mean, I guess they just make it super easy for him to come into work and do his thing and then go home. And then uh, Even if it was super not easy, it's a million dollars. <laughs> like, you could bear me in mud for to my neck and, like, make me smell gym socks. And I would do it for a million dollars. That's crazy. All you I can no say... Complaint. All I can say is uh, friend of the podcast, Tim Decay, was on an episode of NCIS uh, in between his own shows. And he said that Mark Harmon was probably the best series lead he had ever worked with. So whatever he's doing, it's a great thing. Well, I mean, he's a nice, everything I've heard about him, he's a real nice guy and gentleman and everything. I've never heard a bad word about him. So I believe it. So anyway, next up, I have that On My Block has been renewed for season two on Netflix. I suppose that means I have to watch season one. Somebody else watch that first and let me know if it's worth watching. On My Block? Mm -hmm. What's that? What is that? It's a teen drama. Uh, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jessica Jones has been renewed for season three. Yay! All right. Uh, Susan Sarandon will be returning to Ray Donovan as a series regular. Wow. So for those who are super excited about what she did last season on Ray Donovan, you'll be getting more. Um, Anson Mount has been cast as Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery. Woo-hoo! I what? have one thing to say about that. Go ahead. Boop. <laughs> oh, that's I would... a, that That's a callback for people who've seen classic Star Trek two-parter The Menagerie from season one. Or the original the re- pilot, whichever. Which was the which was the reworking. No, it was, it's not in the original pilot. It's the framing device. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Salvage right. the original pilot. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, no, it's great casting. I've only ever seen him in Inhumans, and so I hope uh, this Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, come he's on, good man. in other stuff. He's, don't don't he's, judge him by yes, Inhumans. Please don't. Inhumans was just <laughs> terrible. He like there's nothing that he could have done to help that show. Um, Maybe talk. Not been in it. Talk talk might have helped. (laughs) Oh, I've watched him for five seasons on Hell on Wheels, and he blows me away. So uh, I watched him for two seasons on Hell on Wheels, and also a a 
a procedure on ABC that only aired like a half season, but he played an undercover fed and he was terrific. Yeah, he's really good, so you don't have to worry. The only thing that's weird is the way they made the announcement makes it feel like he's a series regular, and I'm like, how is Captain Pike of the Enterprise a series regular on Star Trek Discovery? Like, that's a little confusing. Remember how, when they were first talking about the show, how they said it would not be focused on just one starship? No. uh, That was because, remember, you have the Shenzhou and you had the Discovery on season one. Right. But the whole thing, it still centers around Michael. Michael's always the center. This is true. However, comma, because there should be (laughs) young Spock should be showing up on on Enterprise and young Spock and Michael share a dad, you know. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they serve on the same ship together. That would be awkward. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that, Libby. I'm not saying that, but because the the Enterprise is around, they from what I, from reading behind the scenes, I read an interview with the producer saying the name of the show is still Star Trek Discovery, but we will be seeing the Enterprise quite a bit season two. Okay. As long as Michael gets her screen time, I'll be happy. If they try to shift, you it know, she's getting her screen time. I'm just saying, <laughs> as long as she gets her screen time, I'm cool. Um. Next piece of news I have is Barry and Silicon Valley have been renewed by HBO for another season. And I'm super happy about Barry. I've never really got into Silicon Valley, but Barry's been, I've been happy about the show so far this season. So, yay, renewal. And some show called Louder Milk, which is a comedy, has been renewed for season two on Audience Network, which is apparently, uh, what do you say, not Dish, Dr- but Direct it's DirecTV. TV. Right. It's so I've never even heard of Audience Network, and I will never see whatever this show is. So, oh well. Uh, Tom, you have some news. Yeah, I have a couple of uh, items. One, Catch Twenty Two casting shuffle. Kyle Chandler is joining the cast of Hulu's Catch Twenty Two, taking over the role of Colonel Cathcart, and he's going to be uh, the. That was originally the role that George Clooney was going to play. George Clooney is going to play the role of Shyskov. I can't remember if it's Colonel Shyskoff or General Shyskoff. It's been a while since I've read the book. But the speculation that Libya heard is that this is done because the smaller role will give George Clooney more of a chance to direct more episodes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I love this book. It is one of my favorite novels, period. So I read it twice when I was at the Naval Academy. And uh, this, the cast has gotten me excited and... I might have to either resubscribe to Hulu or dump CBS All Access, <laughs> and then I don't know. It's like there's too there's too many standalone streaming services. And the other news item I have is, and we might have talked about this before, but evidently the next show on the revival bandwagon is Mad About You, and I guess NBC is about ready to close the deal with uh, Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt, and Sony, which owns the show, to revive the series. Someone I shoot about- me. I don't know about y'all. I'm kind of over some of these revivals. I mean, they tweeted the first picture of the Murphy cast, Murphy Brown cast revival. That's coming to CBS in fall. It's just like this craven attempt to suck up to baby boomers or, or kids who watch the show with their boomer parents and now are parents themselves. But I think for every, for every Will and Grace, which has been terrific and hasn't missed a beat, there's a Roseanne, which... I'm sorry, I'm I, I'm not digging it. I watched the pilot, and I'm not, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a fan of her to begin with, but people are just as mean-spirited as ever. Yeah. 
I never really liked the original Roseanne the first time around, so uh, Reboot's not really going to do it for me. All right, well, let's get, go to talk about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead, and it was the penultimate episode leading up into the season finale. And let's start off with Greg. What did you think of uh, the episode? It was called Worth. And it was all about Negan and figuring and outmaneuvering everyone. Um, did you think he was it, super brilliant and awesome? Well, well, no. I mean, I just uh, you know the whole thing was is, has been kind of building um, you know for Simon to get caught. You know, everyone's you know Simon's been kind of doing things behind um, Negan's back. But I think when you and I talked, um, I kind of agree with you in that it's it's almost like they're trying to rewrite history because um, they're trying to say that, oh, it was really Simon who did all the evil things. You know, he's the one who killed all of the heapsters, which he did. I mean, we saw that. Well, no, that's not what I'm talking about them rewriting. I'm talking about the Oceanside people. They said yeah. they said that the saviors came and killed all their men, and it was Negan. And now they're like, oh, no, Simon totally did that on his own. And I'm like, yeah. I find that highly improbable, mainly because um, – they they made it sound like Simon did that before Negan took over, and the timeline doesn't really work out. That would mean that Negan's only been in charge for like a few months, which makes no sense. Like it, it just it. Ah, anyway, go ahead. Other yeah. thoughts. Oh yeah, um, and so I I enjoyed you know uh, seeing that Simon got what he deserved, uh, especially for killing all the heapsters. Um, but did but you really then, care about the heapsters? No. Uh, no, no, not really. But. Okay. Um, um, I thought it was cool that they got turned into slurry. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but now um, Dwight, Dwight got caught as well. All right. So, and now the, the, the team family is walking into a trap. We don't, yeah, we don't know what is going to happen with that. Um, but, you know, there were some, um, I, I thought the whole like uh, capturing, um, oh my gosh, uh, I got uh, mullet guy, um, um, you capturing him and and, and him like throwing up, uh, <laughs> Matt, and sardine. Oh my gosh. As I could almost smell it through the television screen. That yeah. was pretty terrible. That, that was pretty terrible. Yeah. But I really didn't see, I, I really didn't see that coming that he was going to, to be able to outmaneuver them and escape and, and get back. So uh, that was, that was kind of a, a surprise. Well, I, yeah, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think that um, that was really going to work out either. Like, I mean, because first of all, you've got uh, Daryl who's tracking him, who's supposed to be the ultimate tracker, who can track people. Even on cement, he can track people. But (laughs) for some reason, all of a sudden, um, he can't now. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't buy it. Right. Um, yeah. Plus, capturing him is not going to. I mean, if if he's really teaching people how to make bullets, just capturing him isn't going to keep uh, Negan from getting the bullets that he needs. So I don't really know what that was all about. Yeah, it was dumb. Well, it basically showed that Eugene had officially switched sides. There's no going back at this point because he sees how angry everybody is at him. He, I think, he always thought that maybe they'd forgive him because they were soft. And that he could just be like, look, I was scared, so you guys will take me back, right? And then he really gets confronted with how angry they are. And I don't know why he was surprised by that. Uh, so now he's 100% behind Negan. I think 
they had that episode to show that, which says to me he's probably going to die. <laughs> like, now that he is officially 100% sided with Negan, there's no question, then I don't think he's going to make it out of the finale. I don't know. All right, so that's all. I mean, there's not that much to say because it was, a, it was a basically a Negan show, and generally speaking, I can just skip those. Uh, you, son, you've stopped watching, right? Yes. Yes, I have. But I, I'll be happy to know if Eugene dies. Let me know. Yeah, I've already announced that I'm done after this season. Oh, he did? Well, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm announcing it that I'm done watching it. Oh, okay. Um, because um, I, I've just mentioned it before that, um, you know, Negan, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is unredeemable. And so any attempt to try to do so and make him part of the group, it's just, it's, it's just going to be a waste of my time. Yeah, and that's pretty much what next season is going to be about, yeah. My thing is they've got the hooks in me with uh, Rick and Michonne, so I may get to where I only watch their scenes next season. I may just be doing that. Be like, oh, what's Rick and Michonne doing? If they're not in the episode, I don't care. And that might be my attitude next season, which means we probably won't be reviewing it next season. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Um... Next up, we're going to talk about Barry. This is the third episode, and this one was basically the police come through, and they've connected um, the the guy who gets killed to the acting class, and so they start interviewing everybody, and everyone, of course, because they're actors, are overly dramatic about the whole situation, um, except for Barry, who is super calm and scary, and they should have, like... Like, he was unfazed by the police interview, which was great. Uh, And then uh, they also had the crisis of the mobster who are holding his friend hostage bring in another assassin, which means they're expendable. And so there was, like, this whole period where it looked like everybody was going to get killed. But then, of course, our Chechen assassin kills himself because being an assassin all his life aged him and made him very sad. Uh, What did you think, Eason? Um, I don't know that I've commented on the show yet, so I know we're focusing on this episode, but I just want to say that um, I really like the show. Um, I'm not a, I've never been a real big fan of Bill Hader's. Um, I used to think that voice of his was like put on, but then I saw him in interviews later and I thought, oh, that is actually his real voice. Um, I don't know why that matters, but the point is I've never really warm to him but i think he's great in this um i think uh it, he it, he makes it very watchable it has now before you 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 know you argue with me uh it's not funny in the same way necessarily well actually it is kind of funny in the same way it doesn't have the same energy but it did remind me immediately of gross point blank you know where it's kind of like i'm a hitman but i totally have the same you know concerns and uh, loves and desires as a normal person. And this is me trying to figure it all out at once. Um, and I loved, uh, is this, was the third episode, the one where they're in the acting class, or maybe it was the second episode where they tell him that the actor, that they tell him he's died and he's supposed to look shocked and he doesn't know how to. So he kind of looks around the class and then sticks his hands on his face. That was at this episode. Uh, that was last week's speech. Um, I got okay. you. Anyway, so I, I, I'm really enjoying the show. I thought this episode um, just is can kind of continuing the journey for me. I, I thought, oh, is this just going to be gimmicky? Um, am I going to care about these characters? But I really do. And, uh, what do you um, think of Henry Winkler? 
oh, he's fantastic. He's, you know, he's, he's not a caricature. He's, what I love about his performance is it's really organic. I mean, we're still so used to, I mean, I'm sure I can't think of any right now, but he's definitely, you know, played characters that are against type. But, you know, you think of Fonzie and you think of Nice Guy and Fuddy Duddy, whatever. Anyway, um, he's not, it's, I find that the his acting is really organic in this. So he's absolutely lovably hateable and, you know, just kind of an awful um, opportunistic uh, guy who just kind of cares but doesn't. You know, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not sure what that means. I mean, it's, it's great. I love the contradiction in his character. I love the way he plays it. Um, he doesn't really play it for laughs. Uh, which makes it work even better. You know, he's so committed to his his character and the way it's written. So I think that actually makes the role better and more believable. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the show. I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes. It is quirky. It is black comedy. Um, yeah. And I think that the it plays it has the right notes. The tone is really great. Um, unlike Gross Point Blank, which was full on kind of way more over the top comedy, physical comedy and the pace and the energy well, was different. This the only is thing is, I, I will tell you that I have no idea what that show is. So I wasn't going to argue with you in the first place. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about Unreal. And, and is it is. We're like at the mid-season point of this show. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little bit over the mid-season. Oh, this was we? episode seven. Oh, okay. It felt mid-season-ish. Um, I want to know, when are they going to find out that one of the suitors is doing the, the, the associate producer dude? The associate producer dude. Oh! The gate. The gay yeah, black I was dude. like, who are you talking about? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Alexi, the oh, Russian. Alexi, yeah. swings I think what's ways. more important is they're doing drugs together more than they're sleeping together because everyone slept with a suitor, so that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but, but still, when, when the suitor, I mean, when the suitor is assumed to be hetero and... <laughs> well, we already and, had our gay arc. That already happened, so I feel like that ship has sailed. Like, they already said that two of the suitors were gay, so it's kind of like... Because they created that drama that wasn't true, now when the truth about one of the suitors being gay actually comes out, it's going to be like, wait, what? Uh, But I really do think that the whole them both being high all the time is going to be more of a problem than anything else. Uh, But what? Oh, the kid. They almost killed a child on this episode. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Quinn. Well, we know that Quinn has no boundaries. I mean, when freaking... Chet, of all people, says, you crossed the line. Oh, there are lines now? <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't... Don't get me wrong, I like this show, but man, do I want somebody to root for? <laughs> and these people are horrible! Yeah. They're horrible! Oh, Greg, I mean, go ahead. Greg, you haven't talked about the show, I don't think, ever. Oh, um, yeah, actually, I had been behind, and I caught up, like, like second episode all the way up to present today okay um yeah you know i i was really feeling like all of the stuff that rachel's going through because she's trying to balance the show and she's trying to produce people and she's got the stuff going on with her dad and then wouldn't you know it she like gives up her dream of like buying this cabin like out in the woods so i put her dad in some place where he can detox and she just loses him because he ended up calling her mom and she came. Well, and not got only him. that, she lost her $50,000 on top of that. Right. Seriously. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's just horrible. Um, no good deed goes unpunished. 
Well, yeah. and, and the thing is, is I think the dad went with her because he wanted to spend time with her and he felt guilty. But then when she's actually not spending time with him and he's having to go through the You're recovery. not going to spend time with somebody in rehab. I know. I know. But I don't think he knew that. I think in his mind. Oh, he should He know. thought Good that Lord, they were going to. He's an gonna, adult. Is he, though? Because he's been drugged like his whole life almost. Um. So I just think he imagined that they'd be spending, it would be like picture perfect and he'd be spending all this time with her. And then once he got the feelings of the rehab happening and what it felt like to be off his drugs and all that stuff, he decided it was too hard. He was like, no, it's too hard. It was good. I don't know what that actor's name is, but if you remember the Battlestar Galactica uh, miniseries, he was the pilot of Colonial One in that. And oh, so, yeah, you know, I remember. Another, yeah. of our, another of our favorite Canadian actors who shows up from time to time, but it was good to see him in a more substantial role. Yeah, I just, I think that, like you said, uh, who, who do you cheer for? Because I don't really Owen cheer. and a little girl. <laughs> That's true. Owen is one of the best suitors we've had on the show well, because in for, like, forever. Like somebody said, was it Kate, was it... Um, Oh, I can't remember what her, the sutress's name is, but she says you're actually a really decent guy, like the only one around here. Right. And and that's how I feel about the show is he's like the only decent person on the show and everybody else is pretty wretched and self-involved. The shrink isn't too bad cuz Well, we really but think- I think that the shrink is even though I think that Jeremy is overstating the shrink's relationship with Rachel cuz I don't think the shrink has any desire to sleep with her. But he is getting wrapped up in her emotional tsunami. Which, which okay. is a problem because a shrink needs to maintain perspective. Right. But, he's, but the problem with it is he's under, uh, what's her name's payroll. He's being paid by... Eh. Quinn? Quinn, thank you. So that's a conflict right there. Yeah, well, and so with him forming a romantic relationship with uh, Rachel. I don't think I don't think that's for me at all. It, 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 it's interesting that I mean, the, as bad as everybody's acting this season, it almost makes Jeremy look good. Until you remember what he's done before. I was like, Jeremy will <laughs> never look good to me ever. I don't care if he starts singing choir to small children. No, Jeremy is is trash. And there's new no and and the thing that that makes him so despicable is that he keeps talking about he's changing and he blames all his bad behavior on Rachel. It's all her fault. So he won't even take the onus for all the terrible things he's done. Yeah, so, it's like, dude, attempted rape. Sorry, you can't blame that on her. Uh, and not even attempted, but actual murder. He killed two yeah. people last season. And but he did it for Rachel. So that makes it okay. <laughs> Or makes it I'm her not fault. saying that. I'm no. just him it, to take care of logic. All these people are 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 jacked in the head. <laughs> but, um, except for except for Owen and the little girl. <laughs> I, right, I'm ahead. looking forward to seeing what happens next because you know I really really thought that Quinn was going to be on top, you know, because of the blackmail that she was able to dig up on Gary. Um, but, but right knew, at the end, Ga- of the episode, but you knew that Gary's wasn't going to sit on that. Oh no, you yeah, yeah. Gary is uh, is is you know. Moving his, playing his chessboard. I do like the way the black kid left the show, though. You're an Australian douche. You're a British. (laughs) You're all douches. Except for for the fireman. He's okay. (laughs) He's not wrong. They all are douches. No, he he isn't wrong. (laughs) But, yeah, I could tell she wasn't interested in him. 
mainly because uh, we never saw them together, like ever. So he was never. Plus the, plus the black dude always gets cut early. He's he's, he's yeah. It's a it's amazing he stayed around this long. That's also very true. <laughs> All right, let's wrap that up. Next up, we're going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow season finale. <laughs> if only it was the series, because I mean, oh no, come tongue. on, no, it's like this show is so blah. And then I didn't like oh, how show, how they sent Amara so off. This show is so much fun compared yeah, to the other it? dreary CW stuff, except uh, for Black Lightning, which is still good. Uh, I just didn't find it interesting the way they sent Amara off. I mean, I knew based on the time continuum something was going to happen. You know, they were eventually going to have to send her back. But... They've been hinting at, I mean, yeah. I, you, you skipped a bunch of episodes, but they've been hinting strongly at that the second half of the season. That her sure. time with the team was coming with an end, and her yes. time with Nate was coming to an end. Well, they did that all last season, too. That's why they broke not, up last season. Not not like they did this season, though, because the se- a lot of the second half of the season dealt with specifically with her bloodline and the true. Vixen legacy. That's Sorry, true. the Tantu totem legacy. But I've never liked her with Nate, which was so like they have the worst relationship on any of these shows. I find I found Nate to be so condescending to her. He was always explaining logic to her. He's like, well, see, we're in this situation and that means we have to do this. I was like, she's not stupid, Nate. You're dumber than she is. Shut up. So I really did not like their relationship at all. So the whole bit where they're saying goodbye, I just rolled my eyes. That's all. I think that I won't just say it was the, those two characters alone, but just the fresh take of the writers to have fun with the show and not take it too seriously. For me, that's what makes it's my second favorite CW superhero show. Wow. After what? After Black Lightning. Okay. Because it's the most consistently entertaining. There are laugh out loud. Uh, my wife occasionally will watch it with me, but there is the episode I. I, Ava, where they find out that she's a Oh, clone. right. That was good. Yeah. That was a good one. When Ray quips, boy, this is the second worst attack of the clones I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> they just have, I mean, it's just fun. And it's don't take it too seriously. I'll be interested to see how Constantine, you know, blends into the mix. We've seen him well, in I'd a couple like, of guest yeah, shots. Yeah, I'd like Constantine on the show because I really like him. And, and we're missing a Brit. So since they killed off Rip this week. Uh, we're missing a Brit, and he's a much better Brit than Rip was. So I'm, I'm thumbs up for that change. I think I think it's pretty funny that just last week we were talking about like what is he doing with Rip? Like why don't they just kill him if they're not going to use him? And then they were they were like, yeah, sure, we'll kill. They him. were listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, part, part of the problem go. with this part of the problem with the show is they realized that Rip wasn't working, which is why he got it written out of a chunk of season two. And drop to recurring for season three. So that's my point. Like, why do that? Just give him his honorable, noble death, and then be done with it. I thought the coming back part was just worse. It was like an infection that would like never go away. And it was like, <laughs> uh, wow. I thought sorry. the stab was healing, and then like you're like, ah, oh, it's like reopen the wound, and then you know. So I, I, I'm happy with that decision. I mean, he was less annoying because he was less around. You know what I mean? But Tom, <laughs> I have say what's really interesting is i agree with you for the most part but last week i had i said and somebody agreed with me yay but i don't remember who it was um 
I actually find the show really uneven. I find that with the, when the, when it hits, it's really funny and it's quippy and it's pop culture-y and um, it's generally a no-brainer good time. Like you don't have to think about anything. It's a fun ride. Um, other times I find it a little bit clunky and kind of boring. Um, and but I and I will say this about because I'm trying harder to focus on actual episodes. This last episode, while it definitely had its moments, I was a little. I enjoyed it, but I was a little disappointed. I thought last week's episode was going to fight up, uh, was going to set up uh, and build up. They built it up really nicely, the um, the fight, you know, with Malice. I wasn't sure how long it was right. going to last, meaning, you know, an episode or two or three. Um, but I just felt it was very, like, Kung Fu Panda meets, like, the Stay Puft <laughs> Marshmallow Man. I mean, I really was like... Oh my god, this is Ghostbusters. They were like, don't think about <laughs> Oh, dude, they, it's a total swipe from Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. No, I get not, not, not like only no that, five. but it's it's a total callback to the episode they did previously with um with Bebop. Well, just, with, Bebop. Yeah. No, I get it. I get with all Bebop. of it. Which, and I and I loved that episode with Bebo. I loved that episode. So and I get it's an homage, I get it's a whatever, but I don't I don't know. And it, like it was cute, but then for me, when they do it just kind of a one liner or if it's kind of referential or a nod, that's when it's funny. But it was like, really, that's the way you're going to wrap up the whole, um, you know, Malice Malice thing. You know what I mean? Just because last week it seemed like, ooh, he's super scary. And I was like, well, you know, what are the, how are they going to handle this? And then I thought, and then the fight was straight up Kung Fu Panda. I mean, it yeah. was, they, he even had the, yes. You know what I mean? And the, and the like Bruce Lee wave, you know, the like, and I thought, no, don't touch your nose. Don't touch your nose. You know? Um, so I really was a little disappointed, but I can't be that disappointed because the show isn't serious for me. You no, know I, mean? I, I did not mind at all. And again, my wife joined me for the, for uh, the finale. I mean, the thing about the, even though they do fairly long story arcs, this is not the, this is the kind of show that you can skip a couple of episodes. You're not going to miss that much, except for a few zingers and pop culture references. But yeah. um, I just, it was, I thought it was fun to bring back the, what, the Vikings, the, uh, the Vikings, uh, the Romans, and the no, other group. Not the, really. And the I mean, I didn't really like that. Like, <laughs> I Dude, know you, you talk. You haven't about... dug the show since season two, so. Uh, well, no. Well, I lo- what season are we on and... now? This is three. Oh, okay. That's probably true then. Um, <laughs> but I did like I Ava, and I've liked a couple episodes here and there. But for a finale, I thought this was pretty lame. I mean, I did. I did like that they killed Rip. I thought that was good. Um, but and they did it quickly too. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was yeah. the reason I'd even mention all the other stuff you guys are talking about is I forgot about it. Like between Tuesday and now, I forgot about all that stuff because it just was it just was can't it was fluff and just or, went right through. Go ahead. Or you're binging too much television and it's wiped <laughs> your memory clean. Yes, right. No, or you've, you've been doing the equivalent of staring into a time agent's little blinky thing. Yes, sure. <laughs> Flash memory gone. All right, um, let's move. Let's move on. Let's we we've already talked about this uh, yep. quite a lot. So let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning, and this was wait is this no it's the penultimate the finale it's the is, penultimate episode. Right. So this one was basically you have oh, what is his name uh, the, the villain that I'm blank now I'm blanking on his name look at Tobias that. Whale Tobias. I was like some sort of sea animal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, Tobias is back, and he's asserting who he has apparently some sort of control over Lala, which we knew that Lala was came back, and I thought that he got brought back by the uh, the woman. Oh, um, yeah, I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I yeah, thought but... he got brought back by her because we always saw her messing around with dead bodies, but apparently he got brought back by Tobias, and so he's got some sort of programming that he hates, but apparently cannot fight against. He has to follow orders. Uh, so I guess that's interesting, but I kind of liked him when he was sort of crazy. Uh, oh, Lala? Yeah. I, I was trying to figure you like you're trying to figure out what's going on with him. And I thought that was interesting. And now that he's under the control of Lala, I'm, I mean, Tobias, I'm like, eh, it's not as interesting. Plus, uh, Khalil can walk. And, and apparently is. has dreads for no particular reason. Yeah, I, I, I'm not digging the wig that they've got Jordan in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't understand just... why they did it. Like, they were like, oh, my cells are growing really fast. So I figured I'd do something different with my hair. And I was like, no, we're trying to show that you're evil with locks. And as someone with locks, I find that, like, wait, what are you trying to say, man? Um, so I just... But these are insta-locks, Libya. Yeah, but he can't look like an all-American sports star kid if he's going to be an evildoer. I, I mean, know, that's what I don't appreciate. Thing. Thank you, you very know, much. What, what did you want, a mustache that you could twirl? <laughs> I, I, I that would have been I, awesome. The, re- the reveal that Tobias is the one who engineered Lady Eve's death as a way to get closer to, uh, is it SAS or whatever? Yeah. The bad the bad guy with Greg Henry. Well, because he wants to take over that dude, so he wants. He to wants to take closer. over that. Yeah, thing. yeah, he's. <laughs> well, I mean, it Domination. all makes sense. It all makes sense, especially considering how old he is and how much he's been through. That him being several rungs down doesn't sit well with him. So nope. I, I can get that. Um, but Jefferson this week was oh he got his heart stopped, and uh, the littlest Pearson had to use her abilities. Pierce. Did I say Pierce? Oh, Jefferson Pierce. You said, you said, you Pearson. said Pearson. Wrong right. show. <laughs> Wait, what's what's the other show? Lot, same night. Wrong show. Who's the, who uh, are the other Pearsons? Oh, this, this is, is us. us. This is us. And now it's <laughs> because that's what you've been watching. This is lightning us. <laughs> um, but I like that she went from, ooh, mom's going to take away my powers to... Uh, I'm going to jumpstart dad's heart. Yeah, she got to use her powers for good. She got to actually see her powers do something good. And I think that was what was missing for her was actually using her powers in a good way. She hadn't done that before. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And when will she learn to listen to her dad and not hang out with evil people on her rooftops? That's all. Uh, right. <laughs> he's a teenager. I know. Which is why I'm worried because uh, G- Gamby, when they went to the, hit, the, the hideout, Gamby took all the phones and gave them to her and was like, destroy all the phones. And she was like, what? And he's like, we ha- they can track us. Destroy all the phones. I was like, why would you give the phones to a te- teenager? She's not going to destroy all the phones. Have you never seen a CW show? Like, I was like, <laughs> and we didn't see her destroy the phones. So I don't believe she destroyed, at least I don't believe she destroyed her own phone. Because she's a teenage girl. And they need some way to explain how they get caught or found or whatever in in the finale. And I I just, it's going to be teenage stupidity. That's my prediction. Hmm. Uh, Any other thoughts? Anybody else? Can't believe it's the finale already. All right. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about The Expanse. Woohoo! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well, I generally speaking remembered where we left off with Naomi uh, betraying the crew yep. and uh, sending the proto molecule to the to the not the spacers. What do they call to, uh, to the be- to the, the belters, belters to the belters. Fred Johnson, right? And so I knew that that happened. I remembered that happening. But what was really cool in this episode was to see how she really broke the trust. And she broke the crew. You know, the yeah. crew used to be tight. And by that one action, nobody trusts her. And they're not sure if they should even trust each other anymore. And they're not a crew anymore. Uh, I love the discussion. What, what, what kind of Kaz Anvar's character, the pilot, mm. and, um, and the muscle, West Chatham, where they basically are having that that discussion we're right. still together even though she betrayed us no we're not <laughs> right it's like oh okay well and it's true because uh dog i can't remember anyone's names i'm gonna imdb it because so. <laughs> i'm like uh it has been a while people uh greg well, what were your thoughts go ahead while we figure well, this I, out. of course i of course love all the scenes with christian um there's there's a name for you um, oh she's so good the uh, UN with the, uh, yeah, person with the Mars know, girl, yeah, yeah, and the and the Marine. She's like, you're gonna have to, you know, take the gun, and she's like, no, I'm not, and it's like, yes, you are. She's like, you're fired, you know. While she's <laughs> down, down I love when she came back in and she shot at her. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, we're gonna take that gun from you right now. Uh, and also, she was like, should I, you know, they're arguing about what to do next, and the Marine's like, should I pick her up? She's like, don't you dare. <laughs> But the thing I didn't get, I mean, from, you know, and all the, all of those scenes were really cool. But the thing I didn't get is like, oh, uh, we, we have this spaceship. Oh, but it's only a two-seater. Oh, but we've got this other, uh, like, like you know, escape pod. And then when they get in the escape pod, it looks like it would have fit everyone. So why didn't they just go to the escape well, no, pod? Well, because it only had, oh, the escape pod wasn't fast enough. The ship that the other people escaped in was a speed, speed ship that was going to yeah, be able but- to outrun any of the bad guys. The other people in the escape pod know they're going to be captured, but they're not the ones that the, the other people want. So it's okay for them to be captured. That's the difference. But, I mean, even the escape pod, I mean, one of the things they discussed was that um, they were going to have to stay, like, you know, even when they launched the fast ship, they were going to have to stay, like, close to the ship so that the missiles didn't lock on them. What about the escape pod? Well, it didn't like, have engines like that. The escape was pod like, was – that was the thing yeah. is – is it doesn't have engines like the fast ship has it. The fast ship has big enough engines that the missiles would lock onto them. The escape pod is just going to kind of float there and, and maneuver. It just has like maneuvering engines. It's just an escape pod. It doesn't have uh-huh. the kind of engines that would be picked up by a missile. I'm glad you got that because I didn't get that from the dialogue. I didn't. Plus, you could see how it would like the whole discussion about why it was okay for them to be captured and everything. Like they talked about the whole thing and and what, what was going to be what was going to happen to them. So I figured it out from the dialogue. Watch it again. Anyway, Tom, you you said that you were going to look some stuff up, and what did you? Yeah, do? it's Alex is the pilot, and Amos is uh, is the, Naomi's muscle. Not anymore. He's disillusioned well, with Naomi. Was, yeah. I'll be interested. I I know you don't like Holden, but I do like Holden. Oh, I can't he's stand interesting. Holden. Interesting. Is that more of a character thing or an actor thing? I don't know. I feel like a better actor could have put more into Holden and made him more interesting. He's just very one-dimensional to me. Very stoic. 
not just stoic. I like stoic actors, but I like stoic actors when I look in their eyes, I can see something. When I look at Holden's eyes, I don't see anything. It's just blind. Interesting. <laughs> you know, so uh, I I do think a better actor could make Holden a more, much more interesting character. Huh. Um. So yeah, I don't like Holden. That's still true. Hmm. I do okay. like the dad, uh, the guy trying to find his daughter. I like I like that actor a lot. Um, but I like that there. This episode was just to set the table. Yeah, and 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 kind of pick up where we left off, and then advance the plot a little bit more. Yeah, it's pretty much like, oh, everybody, this is where we are. Now we can go. I wish Susie was with us so she could tell us: Are we still in book two, or are we in book three? Ah, that's a very good point. Cause because I'm I know only, that I've only read the I first th- book, so I don't know. I know we didn't finish the first book until middle of, in, of basically season two. when uh, yeah. season two when when Tom Jane commits seppuku, basically. Yep, that was that's, the end. Of, that's, that's the end of the first book. Yeah. Although they brought they brought Bobby Draper in earlier than right. they were supposed to. Just they did to some overlap. It. Yeah, it was some overlap. Right. All right, let's let's uh, move on. Next up, we will talk about uh, Krypton, and this is what episode four. And Yusin, uh, what did you think of Krypton? Um, I liked it. I thought um, we're now we're getting into it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I always do try to give a show six episodes. Um, not that I didn't like the first three. Uh, but by the third episode, I was already starting to not be so into our lead. Yeah, um, he's kind of hard to get into. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't love him. I, I don't know if it's the acting, the writing, you know, just, I mean, he's easy on the eyes. There's no arguing that. So, you know. Um, Is and that then... all you care about us? <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't really no. shown him shirtless, so they're not really milking that. No, they're really not. And in fact, I laughed because what the, when they t- showed that scene of Ra like getting dressed, it was some sort of like super gratuitous just shot of his chest, you know, and they were like, you know, the word of Ra. And I was like, that's more like the body of Ra. What's happening there? <laughs> and, and I was like, OK. Um, so I liked it because if we're going by my six episode kind of you know arc or whatever it doesn't matter what the story is it's four now so they've gotten into the meat of it the first two are exposition um they are they did bring it back to him which is fine because he's mostly doing a lot of acting or fight i mean not a lot of acting a lot of fighting and stuff um i do love the intrigue now, you know, the palace intrigue and the the coup attempt or the coup plans. And I, I don't think we talked enough about or I didn't talk enough about the um, blonde Angelina Jolie via hackers, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> character. Uh, the House um, of Vex. Yes, the House of Vex. So I I was like, she's going to be like one note and a sex pot and all this other stuff. And I was like, nope. Um and that leads me to saying that I love, I do love all of their female characters. I think they do a really nice job. Um, her sort of being the villainess, she's she's a magistrate and she's powerful and she's conniving and, you know, this and that. She's without smarter than her father. Yes, exactly. So, And she's not without a heart. So that's great. Um, I love the mom. I love Lighter. I, I mean, they do, they're, the female characters are well-written, well-acted. Um, maybe possibly even better than some of the men. They're better than uh, all that, of the men. 
Yeah, but just without saying. being all, like girl powery, do you know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. They're just they're just more. There's something they're they're developing all the female characters in such a way that they're more intriguing. Like the men have, they're not they're not writing the men in three dimensions. They're writing the men in two, and then they're writing the women in three. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's you know, um, they're you know they're complex, they're nuanced, they're you know they're hard to kind of know what's going to happen. And yes, I really think that uh, our Superman hero, or sorry, whatever, um, the Krypton. Well, I forgot his name. What's his name? Zet. No, not Seg L. Seg L. Seg L. Um, Superman's I, grandpappy. Yeah. Yes, exactly, Grandpa. So I feel like Grandpa is. Um, kind of a blunt instrument and remind me he did something in this episode that I thought was super lame oh yeah just even the whole escape you know business, and then him sticking that thing in her mouth I thought that was like extraordinarily harsh and then um, I you know well considering she might have she would have killed him I didn't really I I thought that was self-defense I think she was just going to restrain him. They, she's not allowed to kill him, you know. Right. Ooh, and I love that. I love that the leader of the whatever resistance he is. There's like a third one now or a fourth one. I've lost count. Oh, um, go ahead. Huh? My, yeah. my brother so, you know, has a theory that I want to say about that guy after you finish your comment. Okay, I want to hear about it. So when he told his you know minions not to hurt him, and then that one dude you know stepped in to kind of basically help the leader. But then the leader like killed him for like, you know, helping without being asked. I thought, oh, this mean this man means business. So um, and I like that. I like that the show is saying our villains are real. The threat is real. The danger. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm really beginning to like the show. I think it's starting to get focus. Um, I like the way they portray their female characters. I thought that this particular episode brought our lead character back in a little bit more, which is fine. And last thing. Hate kid actors, we all know this on the show, but I really like the twist that they took with uh, the daughter of yeah, the little the, girl. Yeah, yeah, essential yeah, adopting her and bringing her all into that whole cult business thingy. Um, that's great. I so I'm really really liking the show. Well, what my brother thinks that the guy that's in charge of that new order that's torturing Segal, he thinks he's also from the future. Oh. So. Of just because he knows about Brainiac. He knows that Brainiac's coming. He knows how dangerous the... He knows all this information about the, um, the, that, that instrument. It's like the... Sentry? Scout. Yeah, the Sentry. Thanks. Sentry Scout, whatever. He knows all this information about it that they don't, and there's only been one on Krypton before. How does he know all this information? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a very good point. So I'm intrigued to see if that is the correct theory. Yeah, I, the last thing I'll say is I like how all of the villains aren't really completely villains, you know? And then um, I love how that Ra even, like, now he's infected. So it's like, oh, well, I mean, he seemed like the poster boy for just, you know, maniacal, tyrann- you know, tyrann- tyr- like a Tyranny tyrannical, you, there you, go. Uh, tyrannical um, you know, leader. But, but maybe not, you know? Maybe he's just a zealot and, you know, whatever. But No, I think, you were, I think you were correct with him being a... Uh, tyrant, but uh, I think now, now that he's being controlled by Brainiac, yeah. it's gonna be it's, even worse. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole different ballgame. All right, well, I love it. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, I want to talk about two new series that maybe everybody hasn't seen, probably haven't seen. 
Uh, one is Killing Eve, which is on BBC America. It, it uh, airs on Sundays. And what's great about it is that it's starring Sandra Oh, who I haven't seen in forever from Grey's Anatomy. And she plays an MI5 agent who basically has a desk job, um, but she wants to be a spy. And so, like, in her mind, she's always like, well, if I was a spy, I'd do this. And she brings an unexpected humor to a story that I thought was going to be pretty serious drama. Uh, because they're trying to track down an assassin. And Sandra O's character is the first one to figure out that it's a female assassin. And, but she's like in a position where nobody will listen to her, and she doesn't believe that... She doesn't have a lot of confidence, uh, or confidence that her bosses will listen. So a lot of it is just kind of her talking to herself and talking to her other coworkers like, I know that the answer is this, but nobody's going to believe me. And then she's talking to her husband... Uh, and he's like, yeah, he would have been better as a spy. She's like, yeah, right, I know. Like, and it's really, she makes this whole role really fresh. And uh, I just realized she's an MI5 agent. She doesn't have a British accent. Huh. She just huh. talks like Sandra Oh. <laughs> I just realized that. I was like, huh, she doesn't sound like she's British. And they don't explain it at all? They no. don't even try? No, no. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's pl- plenty of, like, people who are I'm not double agents in the in the traditional sense of they're working both sides, but I mean, I imagine just like Russian agents in America don't have Russian accents. Maybe she's you know yeah, but like she's not a KGB agent working in UK. She's supposed to be an MI5 no, no. agent. I'm just saying, as far as I understand, only British citizens can be MI5 agents. But whatever, it's hilarious. Like it's it's serious. It's a serious drama. But Sandra Oh makes it really fresh and really funny, and I think it's totally worth watching. And it got such good reviews that they renewed it before it even premiered. So that's amazing. And I have to say, with I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm a fan of hers, and uh, I'm a fan of any time they make an Asian person a lead of a show, let's be honest. Right. So that happened. So, I mean, right there. Preach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, and it's really good. It's really well made. So I, I think it's great. And then the other show I want to talk about is something called Deep State. And what's weird about Deep State is you actually can't watch it in the U.S. It's only made for foreign markets, which I was like, wait, what? And how are we watching it, Well, uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, Ahoy there, because <laughs> uh, But it's starring Mark Strong. And it's about, but he's supposed to be, is he, oh, he's British. I guess he's supposed to be British. Um, so it's like, he looks like this regular guy living in his, his life. And then these people start badgering him. His accounts get shut down and you find out they're trying to um, strong arm him into take, coming out of retirement. Because apparently he, he was a... Uh, he was a, uh, not, I don't think he was MI5, but he was like 007 equivalent agent. And he had retired and they needed him for this mission and they did all this bullying to get him to come out of retirement. But they threatened his family, which was crazy. Like they basically like sent somebody to his house to make him think they were going to come in and murder him all. And then he was like, well, if you don't want this to be real, you need to come into the office. Uh, and it's basically a time puzzle where they tell you half the story that was that happened three days earlier, and so half of the story we're in we're three days in in the past, and then the other half of the story we're with Mark Strong in the present, and so you're trying to piece together 
what happened. So it's kind of interesting. I've watched two episodes of it. I, I, I'm not, I think Killing Eve is a better show. So like if you had to pick, I'd pick Killing Eve. But uh, I do like Mark Strong, and it's a good story so far. So that's my plug for those shows. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Americans. And what the heck happened on The Americans, Tom? Go for it. We started at the beginning with, with the ending of the previous episode where Elizabeth basically kills this dude in the park and Paige kind of freaks out and runs to her aid. And then Elizabeth fusses at Paige. But Elizabeth stages it so it looks like a suicide because it comes right. up later in the episode. It's discussed later in the episode. But basically, um, I would say my biggest takeaway from this episode is Philip and Elizabeth are on a collision course because he is out of the spy business per se and totally invested in the travel business. But is it Yuri, the good-looking dude who had the, the fling with right. the I same think, woman? I think that's his it. name. Yeah. Anyway, Yuri approaches Philip at the end of the episode and asks, and asks Philip to keep an eye on Elizabeth. Well, for, he actually you know, did months. that the episode before. Oh, but at the end, of, yeah. But the, at the end of this episode, because at the end of the first one, Philip was like, "I'm not going to spy on my wife," and he was like, "I think you'll do what's necessary, and if you show up here again, we'll know you're on board." And so well, this, this he week, shows up again, again but he, right. he, I mean, it's the thing where he's defending Elizabeth, but he's showing up again, <laughs> right? Exactly. Plus, there's this great conversation between the two of them because they did a big time jump at the beginning of the season. So Perestroika Glasnost is happening in, in the real world, and so they wanted to reflect that in the show. And Philip's like, isn't this great? And Elizabeth's like, no. <laughs> so he's, like, totally into the whole notion of, you know, the, uh, America and the USSR becoming friends, and, um, and she's not. No, not at all. So it will be interesting to see, you know... We're, we're, since this is early in the season, we're not exactly sure what the end game will be, but it looks like the two of them are on a collision course. Well, and the other thing is, the daughter's terrified. She thinks she made a mistake. She's not sure what's going on. And Philip was very much like, you know, everybody has a bad first mission, and he's trying to be really understanding and talk to his daughter. And the mom is just yelling at her, telling her and what a failure she, she is. It reminds me of the pilot where she does not have the nurturing thing, and he no. does. No, you're and right. it's just yeah. like... You know, uh, yeah, yeah. She, she. It's like she's a mom who shouldn't have bothered to have kids. Cause well, she but just, they had to as part of their cover. Oh, I know, but she just felt like it's not that she feels zero attachment to her daughter because she obviously cares about her daughter. She just doesn't know how to talk to her, um, and she doesn't know how to be a nurturing mom. She just, and I feel like her and and General Zod need to take notes <laughs> and talk to each other. <laughs> On how to be good mothers. Uh, oh, and also uh, throw Maureen Robinson in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's more of a n- nurturing mom. She, she just, is. Yeah, I think she is. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's better than I thought it was going to be, but I'm still not 100% invested in the Americans. But this is the last oh. season. This is the last season. I just don't buy the whole fight between the two of them. What, between Elizabeth, between Elizabeth and Philip. Yeah, I mean, I can see them disagreeing, but the way they're trying to build it up is to make me to believe that they're actually going to physically fight, and one might kill the other, and I just don't believe it. No, I think it's more of a philosophical, right? Philosophical, Philo- philosophical, <laughs> philosophical. Right. Philosophical I can, I can buy that, 
But the way that they're building it up is the guy's like, you might have to take her out. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. Because I've, because I've been watching the show since the beginning, although I wasn't wowed over by the pilot, but had to be, I think you and some others were like, go back and watch it again. But I really think that that kind of is a red herring. <laughs> pardon, pardon the red expression. <laughs> but um, I really think that that's a distraction because it seems to me that the natural course of the show would be... I'm still not... By the way, Stan and, and uh, Mar- Maria Covarrubias from X-Files, I'm still not convinced that she's not a mole. There's you real here. do know she that just seemed... that's Lori from... Not Lori, that's... Andrea. That's Witchmajigger from from X. Andrea from from uh, the Walking, Walking Dead, Dead before yeah. before she got sacked when when yes. what's his right. face got sacked. Yeah, uh, yeah, Maria, and also Maria Covarrubias from X Files. That's hilarious. I didn't realize that that was the same person because we used to oh, make yeah. we used to make fun of the way she would talk. She had like this bizarre, like weird accent that she was doing, uh-huh. and, and and she was she would be like, "You have to be careful of the beehives and bee husbandry." And so that was like my whole thing about her. I do, do totally think, didn't realize I was the same person. But go ahead. Do you think she's a mole? Because she's oh, absolutely. She, she's so perfect in every way. Yeah, and she's like, I'd want a job at the FBI, and I'm like, yeah, she's a mole. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, tell me about your day, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're tentative. You're tentative. I'm tentative, but tentative thumbs it was kind of a slower table setting episode but i have a feeling they're going to lead to somewhere interesting and and they're they're kings of the misdirect i'll see I'm, i mean it's the okay. last season so i'm not proving anything by not watching it so true uh all right next up we're going to talk about agents of shield and this week's episode i can't remember what it was called i remember why i don't watch it you can't remember what I can't remember if i watched it or not Okay, it's the big showdown between Daisy and uh, Chopstick Chick, or not Chopstick, Ring What's your Chick. face that we all hate because she's a terrible actress? Yeah, Ruby. Did you not see their big fight? Oh, apparently I did not. Did anybody watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with me? I did. Oh, cool. All right, thank you. Because I was like, this will be a really short discussion. All right, what did you think of this week's episode where Ruby basically proves that her mother has a weakness and locks her up in a closet and then tries to get herself filled up with gravitonium. Uh, well, first of all, I want to know the most important question. I want the most important question to answer, which is what happened to the general's outfit? Like what happened to her uniform? Why is she all walking around like, uh, you know, in black leather and pants and stuff? Did, did I well, miss something? It's just that she's, she's Hydra now and she's not pretending to be a general anymore. Because oh, it's, okay. it's the right. end game. It's end game times. All right. Well, I just thought, well, she just got bored and thought, please let me have a better wardrobe. So, and it's, and it's fun. It's fine. But anyway, I, um, I liked this episode. I, I like the show. I'm trying to think the fight was good for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think it's hard for me to like the, we all don't like her. I also oh, don't Ruby. like strength. You also you know, don't like the, who? The podcast. Um, you know, isn't it not? Is it Striker? Is Strucker? Strucker? Is it Strucker? The, oh, you know, the, the the kid that's doing the notes. Yeah, yeah, he's annoying. I I didn't like him when he first came on the show. I don't like him as the heavy. I don't. That's not remotely interesting to me. All I feel these like things are true. Stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like they're stretching things out, which they're allowed to do. It's, you know, they're giving us 20-some-odd episodes. Um, I feel not that this was completely filler, but I didn't think, you know, it was all that interesting except for the fight and then... Uh, and you know, and then in the the fact that she jumped in the 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 thing, the tomb or whatever, and uh, whatever, it remind me what else happened in it. Like honestly, well, like what else the big thing is uh, May told Coulson she was in love with him. Oh my gosh! I meant I was going to tell you. That's right. That's right. I was watching it live, which I almost never do. And um, I, I, not because I don't like it, it's just I'm busy around that time. So I was watching it absolutely live. I had a spoon to my mouth. I was, tr- I was just eating dinner and I, I was like, what? I like put the spoon <laughs> down and I was going to text you and be like, she said it, she said it. And then I was like, whatever. Um, what? I need to finish dinner. <laughs> I was like, I need to finish dinner. I'm starving. So, but it was definitely, it wasn't a spick take quite, but it was definitely a spoon down thing. And, um, so yeah, I thought that was huge. And somebody, sure. somebody said that the next episode is going to pick up with like Daisy walking through the hall and finding Colson still standing in that spot with his mouth hanging open. Cause it looked <laughs> like he didn't move. Like he was like, he just, and then she's like, I thought that shut you up. And then she walks off and he's still just standing there with his mouth hanging oh, yeah. open. Like what the heck? And I love that she followed it up. I loved that she, like, you know, it wasn't this, like, super flowery romantic, like, I love you. She's like, I thought that shut you up. And then she, like, walked out, <laughs> dropped the mic. I was like, that's so May. I thought it was perfect. So, yes, definitely that. And then also, oh, I'll just finish by saying, go moving, fast forwarding to the end, which I was not surprised that he was Manchurian candidated out. You know what All I mean? Right. I th- yeah, I thought I was like, oh, all right. Usually I can never guess their twists ever, which is part of the reason why I love the show. And I'm a pretty good guesser. But when that happened, I was like, yeah, figured, you know, so I mean, that was I, didn't, little, I mean, he yeah. kept reiterating that what's her name broke him. He told people that over and over again. He's like, she broke me. She broke me. She broke me, which if we know Hydra, we know what that means. And it should have occurred to everyone watching the show. I could say that. I wasn't really thinking it, but I wasn't surprised either. So Right. Yeah. So I mean, other than that though, I mean it was it was good. It was some highs and lows for sure. Um, but overall I didn't think it was like an amazing episode, but I'm it's just getting us to the end, which I'm fine with. Okay. Alrighty. Um so now we're going to move on to Lost in Space. Danger Will Robinson. Thank you. Nicely done. We're going to talk about the first four... Did I say three or four? Four episodes? Four. Yes, we're going to talk about the first four episodes. So we'll try to talk about them in order. So if you want to... I'm not sure where you guys are and who are listeners or where you guys are. Or I'm maybe pulling s- up the episode list from the official Netflix website. <laughs> so, just hit, <laughs> Joe, so just hit pause when we get to where you haven't gone or, you know, don't take the chance until you've seen the first four episodes. All right, let's start off with the pilot. And this was, the the pilot was like an hour long introduction to the Robinsons. And we spent Mm -hmm. almost the whole hour with just pretty much the Robinsons. I think until the very, like the last five minutes or something. Go ahead. Fun fact. I, I saw the pilot at WonderCon and as I'm watching the pilot unfold, I'm like, this reminds me of the original unaired pilot, not The Reluctant Stowaway, which is the first episode that aired on CBS. Sure enough, 
when the when the closing credits roll. By the way, with the John Williams theme song from season three, which made me squee, um, <laughs> they they gave credit to you know based on the teleplay "Nowhere to Hide," which was that first unaired pilot. Oh, interesting. Because there's no Doctor Smith in that pilot, which the network's like, you gotta have. There's no conflict. It's just it's just a bunch of a family marooned in outer space, which. It's based on a 60s comic book called Space Family Robinson. Right, which was based on... So, never mind. Swiss Family Robinson. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot of basing stuff on. Um, yes. So I really thought that this was an excellent pilot because it gives you a very good feel for pretty much everybody in the family except maybe Penny. I feel like Penny is the only character that doesn't get defined well in the first hour she gets a lot of time in the second hour but in the first hour you don't really get to know who she is she's just kind of the little sister standing around but i thought it was a great job to show how the family dynamics work to show you their situation why they're stranded how they're stranded what you know all of those things and we get a good intro to the robot oh yeah we do yeah uh, so, which by the way is one of my favorite characters. Robot's terrifying, and I think he's great. But, yeah, he is cool. Great. Yeah, All right. great. I was wondering how they were gonna convey it. I just want to jump in real quick because I think I'm the one that's seen the least of them, so I, I I won't speak. You know, once we get further into the episodes, but I just want to back you up on that. I was really curious. It was one of the first things I thought about when I heard that they were you know doing Lost in Space. I thought, ooh, I wonder how they're gonna go with the robot. You know, is it gonna be cuddly? Is it gonna be you know? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Will does cuddle with it a couple of times, so... Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, like, I just... And I thought, oh, they've got a chance, a real chance here to kind of, you know, do something cool. And I think they took it and they ran with it. I think that um, it's, you know, even in its quietness and stillness it's it's menacing and obviously when it's like moving and stuff um and it kind of sort of reminded me a little bit not in any way design wise uh but a little bit of like the cylons you know when when i heard about bsg i was like oh i Mm -hmm. wonder how close they're gonna get you know to the original are they gonna change them a little bit are they gonna make them a little more threatening i mean i remember as a kid being scared of the cylons for sure um so yeah so i thought they hit it out of the park there and i just want to say i loved the the first two episodes the first um the first episode played like a movie for me um Mm -hmm. i think the production i think the production quality is excellent the sound effects sound design is great um i think the score i can't remember anymore it's been a while but i just remember enjoying everything about it and i thought i'm in like, let's go. I'm on the ship. Take me where this goes. And um, and as much as I I hate child actors, um, I'm always a little harder on them, which is unfair of me, but at least I'm admitting it. Um, and I thought, oh, dear God, they have to be good because they're such a part of this show. And um, as the episodes went on, I, I mean, I've only seen two, but um, I thought they were great. I thought I was like, oh, OK, I'm going to be able to watch them. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know what happens in episode three and four, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the shows. And oh. the kids are great, especially yeah. Max. Yeah. yeah. Will Robinson, Will. Is, he's he's 100 percent in. He's yep. the third banana. And man, he's got just the right amount of vulnerability and. I grew up watching 60s Lost in Space. Will Robinson was my hero when I was a kid growing up. I ran into Bill Mooney at the comic book shop. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to fanboy all over him. <laughs> but this Get this fanboy goo off of me. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, did you oh, know that he's in the pilot? Fun, fun fact. Yeah. In the pilot, and I missed it the first time around, in the pilot, Bill Moomy plays the real Dr. Smith. Smith. Yep. And that may lead you to wonder, well, who is Parker Posey playing? No idea. <laughs> well, we, we, do, we, do, we do find out her real name eventually. Okay. Yes, I personally have no idea where I am in the story. Greg, you haven't spoken yet. What do you think? Oh, well, um, I was just, just taken aback about how how incredibly gorgeous like the the entire production is i mean it's like you're I, I was watching like even episode one when um uh when will like uh this after he, he of course you know slides down the the super fun uh um uh, uh ice you know tunnel ice like, cave yeah the super fun ice tunnel into the forest um it's like, you know, he, he gets on, he like climbs up on a hill and he's like overlooking and they had like this vista, which had like this mountain that was kind of like carved out from the middle. And I was like, that looks real. How did they do that? That looks so real. And then they switched to the spaceship. I can't remember what the name of the spaceship is. Um, that all of the, uh, the, the, Jupiter, the, res- the resolute, the resolute or the Jupiter's. The Resolute is the space station. The Jupiters are the spaceships. Yeah, I know. I was asking him which one he meant. Yeah, yeah, the, the space station. And That's the Resolute. Even when, even when they flashed to the space station, I was like, I was just looking at my screen, and I was like, that looks so real. It's like it was just really uh, – the whole production is just really impressive. And, and of course, I'm, I'm fully in. I, I really enjoy the characters. Um, uh, you know, I don't I, – I didn't really like the whole, like – you know, after they found out about the, the robot – pretty much killing people on their spacecraft. You know, the fact that they wanted to keep it secret, I was, I, I really, you know, didn't like that. Uh, Who, the kids, the kids are when John finds out. Um, well, the kids find out and then they don't tell anyone, you know. It's right, like, they go hide the robot in the cave. Yeah, like you're well, on a planet, you know, yep. and, you know, this is the time to be honest about things, you know, and stop <laughs> keeping secrets from people. But the, the thing that's, the, the thing that I, I find fascinating is, I love the way that they rebooted this for contemporary society while keeping a lot of homages and Easter eggs to the original. But they made it more real. I I thought it was fascinating that the mom's the doctor. She's an engineer. And the original, both are doctors, although she's an MD. He's a PhD. He's professor. And the dad's a military man. And he's also, um, he's been away a while. I don't want to spoil a revelation that comes up a little bit later in the series or in the season but one of the cool things about why will bonds with the robot is it becomes kind of this surrogate father figure for him and so on and john is torn when he sees this because on the one hand he knows he's been away a lot right and that he and will have some repair work to do in their relationship but on the other hand he realizes it's a threat but it's safe it's protecting his son and saves his daughter so he has very ambivalent feelings toward the robot and you will see how that plays out in a future episode. I don't want to spoil it. But I, I just thought, you know, making John and Maureen estranged and she was going to go to Alpha Centauri without him adds a layer of, whoa. But just, well, again, the only thing that, that was weird about that, because I did love that. I liked that a lot. But she sniped at him so much in the first couple episodes that I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I get that that they're strange and she's kind of mad at him, but I just felt like it was a little too much. What's, um, what, what's interesting is 
again, as the ser- as the season unfolds, their relationship will change, and we start to find out he there's a, basically a big secret that he's been keeping, and we see the big secret she's been keeping, but we find out more about the nature of it, and eventually the affected parties find out. And I really like the way they... I like the way they plotted this season. I just thought they kept that right balance. Some people have criticized the series saying, oh, it's too much lost. (laughs) But they... I thought it was interesting to bring up the, the, the other parties who are also marooned with them on this planet. And again, I don't want to give spoilers away as somebody who's finished season one. But I thought that uh, I thought they hit a lot of the right notes, and the series, the biggest strength is the family and the actors. The kids are great. Yeah, All everything is great. Yeah. I All will have to say, I, I, I have a problem with uh, Doctor Smith. I think Doctor Smith is the biggest weakness of the show. But uh, what's what's interesting, uh, Libya, and I know if you go back to the original series, the first. The first batch of episodes of season one, Dr. Smith is a definite threat. He sabotages the ship. He reprograms Robot to kill the Robinsons. And then when he gets marooned on the ship, he has to undo that. And then what happens is, you know, when viewers respond favorably to the Will Dr. Smith robot trio, the show recenters on them. And Dr. Smith is no longer a threat. He's comic relief. Although Parker Posey gets to do some of her arch Parker Posey lines and attitude, she remains a threat throughout season one. Yeah, but I think she's she's a sociopath, definitely. She's a sociopath, and, and the original the original Jonathan Harris character starts off like that. I'm not I'm not say, I'm not comparing the two. I'm telling you my ver, my just my experience watching uh, up to six episodes is that I really didn't like her. I mean, they did a flashback with her, and, and not in a way where I love to hate her and I want to see her on the screen. I wanted some, I want someone to kill her. Like, that's what I, I mean. I will be interested to see what they end up doing with her, because by the end of season one, and again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but they're going to have to figure out what to do with the character. Well, right now, Th- I want that her That makes dead. logical sense. But yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, she's a piece of work. <laughs> oh, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, but not an interesting one. There's something about the way she's playing the character that's not interesting to me at all. Like, oh, I agree I, with I've, you, Olivia. I, I do. Oh, interesting. Huh. Uh, and, and, I, and I think people are going to be split on her. Um, there was a review. The IGN review said that she's the worst part of the show. Like They were like, the show's really good except for her. But then AV Club was like, the show's kind of good and and Dr. Smith's the best part. So I think that people are are split on, on her. Because um, there I are think villains... If you're a Parker... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think if you're a Parker Posey fan, because the people yeah. that I know that like it love Parker yep. Posey. I have, no, yep. I have no opinion on Parker Posey one way or the other, and I came into this show and I hate her. So, yeah. and it's not even like kind of hate her. I mean, viscerally hate her. Like, I but you should because hate. the things she does deserve she deserves your hate. Yeah, your but I, that, but they put her on the my screen too much. Like, yeah, if but, I'm supposed to if I'm supposed to hate her, I don't want her taking up that much screen time. I don't like I, I being think, in the feeling of get off my screen. I hate you. 
I think they're going to have to do a subtle form of character rehab for season two, mainly because one, that would be in keeping with the original series, and two, dramatically, they have to, because otherwise, why don't they throw her out the airlock? Right. I mean, well, right now, what they're doing, where I am, is no one's figured out who she is, and they all, you know, they're all falling for her BS, and I feel like it's relatively obvious. I mean, we do know, we're, we're on the side of the viewer, so we do know more about her, but even Don West, who saw her betray them, and he, he saw her almost get him, him and someone else killed, he absolutely mm-hmm. 100% knows that she's not a good person. And he's oh, still, yeah. he's still like, oh, she gives him some BS story and he's like, well, okay, I guess, you know? And it's just like, mm, really? Like, I feel like I don't believe that. Uh, and she just gets away with so much ridiculous lying that I feel just the average, like I can see her lying and tricking uh, Will because uh-huh. he's 10, you know? So sure, I believe that, but... I don't believe that her lying to everyone else and getting away with it. That's my problem. It makes everyone else look stupid. That's my other problem with her. By the way, we find out in episode three, which is her big flashback episode. Which is my least favorite real, episode. But go ahead. Her, her, her real name is June Harris, which is a tribute to June Lockhart, the original Marine, and Jonathan Harris, the original Dr. Smith. So, fun fact. What are you just like literally on Google finding fun facts? No, d- dude, I, I, I listened and I watched the original episode. I own the box set on Blu-ray. <laughs> the anniversary box set. All right. Uh, overall, other than my rant about Dr. Smith, overall, I think the show's great. I think Don West is an interesting take because instead of making I him the, the instead of making him the hero, they make him kind of like the con man with a heart of, heart of gold. And he's your Han Solo Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think he's I think he's interesting because you That's can have true. him do bad things, and it's okay because you'll know that he'll regret it, and then he'll try to make up for it. And and I think he's and try, the, and try to impress Judy, right? Which <laughs> is kind of weird. Which is kind of weird, but. Oh, he, he he actually, slight spoiler, he actually is going to basically quote a Star Wars Han Solo line at her. <laughs> oh, no. I don't it's like funny. that. The age difference bothers me. Cause what age difference? Between um, him and Judy. Like, she... He's, he's mid to late 20s. She's... 18. 18. He doesn't look mid 20s. That dude looks 35 to me. So, so visually, visually, I think it's weird. I'm in the show. They're like, he's 25. I don't believe you. So I know on the show originally they end up getting together, but they, they don't look that close in age, just standing next to each other. So it's weird that that weirds me out. Um, yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) And I feel like in the original show, Don West and the Robinsons were really good friends for a long time, so they were okay with him dating their daughter. I think this is going to be a harder sell. Uh, it's, you know, I feel like John, John Robinson's not going to be cool with this random dude trying to date his daughter. But that'll okay. make, make it more You're right. He's mid-30s in real life. Yeah, and that's what he looks. He looks mid-30s. He absolutely looks mid-30s. And I, yeah, that's... I agree with Libya. It's a little weird to see them next to each other. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking in terms of casting. Why wouldn't they just go with someone younger? 
Yeah, because if he looked twenty five, I'd be okay with it. But he doesn't. If it he, looks. If it he looks shaved, like he'd look younger. Sure, but he still wouldn't look twenty five. Okay. <laughs> so no, I, but... yes, I have a problem with that relationship. Uh, well, they haven't. They, they it does not progress as far as some people might have wanted it to for season one. So, well, it would be fine with me because I didn't want it to at all. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's wrap that up. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, send us to tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time, which is actually going to be in several weeks. I will be out and about in the world for the oh. next two weekends. So send those comments anyway. Talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.